0: Don't you just love it when there's like that bang ending? It's, I love that. It's wonderful. Shall we begin in prayer? Is that, is that good? Andrew's a few inches taller than me, so. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that we are here through the rain, through the wind you have brought us here, and we thank you, Lord, that we can come before your presence boldly because of our our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we think upon this topic of prayer, we ask that you would just help us to gain a bit of understanding as only your Holy Spirit can give us that. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I was asked to go through the list of doctrines and choose something that I would like to speak on. And I chose prayer thinking this should be an easy one, prayer, you know. <laughs> Everyone knows about <laughs> prayer, right? The problem is prayer is such a... a prayer is all throughout scripture. And so it's really actually... Hard to try and figure out where, what points I should be hitting. Also, I'm, I'm pretty long-winded, so that that that's, that makes for a long message. Um, a lot of a vast this vast subject of prayer, long-winded. Hopefully, we'll see how much we can get through. In in uh, systematic theology books, they would they call this section doctrine of divine communion. Fancy way of saying prayer. Um, another way I, I like to think of it is just personal communication with God. personal communication with God. If you would, turn to Matthew, and Mr. McKay likes to do sword drills for awana, um, and we're going to be flipping through a lot of verses. And when I sit next to Rachel during night meeting, we like to race to see who can get to the passage faster. The competitive nature in us. Um, So maybe you can do that with someone you're sitting next to. But we are going to be flipping through some, a lot of, not too much, but quite a few different passages. Um, Matthew chapter 6, and I just wanted to give an example. Oh, real quick, uh, before I start all of that, I just... This morning, as I was preparing to go to church and I was showering, I couldn't help but think how much we're loved by God and how much God cares for us. And I couldn't help but think of you at Claremont and the assembly that I attend right now, Bethel Bible Chapel. And I was thinking of all the people that that attend there and just whether you're a believer or not. God loves all of us so much. And I just wanted just to leave. start off with that thought. An example of a time when God was faithful and he answered uh, quite a big request in my life is a time when I decided to go with Campus Crusade my first year of college to missions. Um, it was a short-term, about five-week trip to Indonesia. And this was my first time doing anything like this. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I had no idea that I had to figure out how to come up with $2,800. So here I am, kind of gung-ho, excited about this trip that I'm going to be going on. And about two and a half months, there's a training period where you go over the gospel. Um, If you're familiar with Campus Crusade, they like to share the gospel through the four spiritual laws. And that's, um, it's, it's very, um, it's nice because there's many different languages with the four spiritual laws. And so we went through this training period for two and a half months. And the week before I was supposed to leave, I had about $1,000 in my account. And so I'm thinking, looks like I'm not going to be able to make it thousand dollars in the account, eighteen hundred dollars more to go i don't know god i thought you were calling me to take this trip to indonesia but i'm not so sure anymore and so i'm praying i asked my parents to pray for me i had other friends praying for me and somehow some way in the week before that i was supposed to leave i mean and obviously it was all the lord he provided everything that I needed. The day, up to the day before I left, I didn't have 100% all the money that I needed. That day, right before I was leaving, God provided 100% of the, of the funds that I needed through various people. And I'm just, isn't, isn't God amazing? <laughs> Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> Um, so some aspects of prayer that I wanted to go over, and prayer, like I said, is a vast subject. Um, the doctrine of prayer, and there's you know things like thanksgiving, intercession, supplication. Um, did I say intercession? I believe I said it. Um, and there's a, there's a whole list of of topics on prayer that you could go through, and I just wanted to go through some of the more practical, um, basic, general. This general aspect of prayer, in the sense that, when we pray, how we do it, each step of the things that we say, whether it's for a meal, whether it's just we're praying for someone, a petition, whatever it is, and so some of the questions I have I've kind of made into points, and I just want to try and go through them this evening. One of the questions is, why does God want us to pray? Another question is, how do we pray according to God's will? Another is, are we praying in vain repetitions? Another is, how long do we wait for the Lord to answer a prayer? Another is, when our prayers seem to go unanswered, what is going on? And why do we pray in the name of Jesus? There are so many other aspects of prayer, but those were some of the the questions that I wanted to tackle this evening. In Matthew chapter 6, I believe probably most of you are there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, in the latter half, it says, For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. This is odd. If God already knows what we need, why does God want us to pray? You know, what? Why, why, what's the point of praying if God already knows exactly what we need before we even we even pray? Well, one of the, the thoughts that came to me is it shows our trust in Him. It's not that, that God needs to hear the prayer because He doesn't know your request. It's because it shows our trust in Him, or our dependence on the Lord, knowing that He can take care of our prayers. Our prayer... God shows our trust, and also it builds our trust in him. It builds our trust in him. Because honestly, in in the turmoil of life, the ups and downs, there's times where we doubt. There's times where it's a struggle. It's a struggle to even pray. One of the times um, that I remember, or a time when I was encouraged, some some words that were said to me by a brother from Bethel Bible Chapel. His name is Todd Helfenstein. I don't know, some of you may know him. And I was talking to him one day, and I asked him, how are you doing? One of the things I should let you guys know about him is that he has Parkinson's, and he has a brain tumor. And so he's, he's had this for a while. And so I asked, when I asked him, how are you doing, he usually says, I'm all right. And when I asked him this time, he said, the Lord is good. And so then I asked him, what's going on? You know, your answer changed this time. You know, it's, it's not your usual I'm all right answer. And he said, you know, I've been thinking. And for two years, he hasn't been able to work because no one would, would hire somebody with his conditions, with his health concerns. They, their medical insurance for him would would be through the roofs. And so they said nobody would really hire him. And so he hasn't had a job at this time for this today, I would say it's been about two and a half years. Two and a half years. He hasn't had a job, but the thing is, the Lord has provided for him. It's amazing. And he told me all these stories about the goodness of the Lord and his faithfulness, about each time he had a need, somehow, some way, someone would slip him some money, and it would be exactly the amount that he needed to pay a bill or exactly the amount that he needed for gas, whatever it was. And he said, the Lord is good. And he said, he, he, he just learned. I can just trust in him. Two and a half years of just not getting anything, not making any money. Another thing is, why does God want us to pray? It allows us to be involved in eternal things. God enables us to be a part of His work through prayer. You know, what better way to encourage the brothers and sisters around the world, or just even a brother or sister here with us who is doing a work for the Lord, by just praying for them? And I know I've heard many encouraging things about a lot of the brothers and sisters here that there are praying saints, praying for the young people, praying for the ministry, praying for the elders, and to hear that is such an encouragement. The next question that I wanted to tackle is, how do we know what our will should be when we pray? Eh, wrong question. I don't know if you guys caught that. It's not, <laughs> how do we know what our will should be when we pray? It's, what is God's will? We should be striving for his will. What is his will? How do we know his will? Through prayer. If you would turn to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 and 15. It says this. This is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us reading out of the new american standard bible and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask we know that we have the request which we have asked from him so if we ask anything according to his will he hears us now how do we know his will it's a question that many people i think especially During a time where it's tough, a tough decision is coming up, a big decision is coming up, and you're not sure how to make that decision. You're looking for God's will, but how do you hear? How do you know? How do you hear it? And He hears us, but how do you know? John chapter 15. As I said. Be prepared to uh, lick your fingers a couple times as you turn the pages. John chapter 15 verse 7 it says this. If you abide in me and my words, listen. just listen to this part real carefully, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you, you wish and it will be done for you. Now some people look at this verse and they just kind of look at the, the second half and say, Hey, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you, right? Genie, God genie. And the thing is, that's not how it works. You have to read the, f- the first half of that verse. What does it say? If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. What is his words? Scripture. That's, that's one of the main ways we can know the will of God, staying in his word memorizing his word you know one of the amazing things about working with the Awana boys some of these boys are amazing some of these boys memorize verses I mean it's unbelievable it's incredible I mean there's just last week I had a a boy or excuse me or Awana was uh we didn't have Awana because we had Thanksgiving but the week before that we had, there was a boy, he memorized 17 sections. And he, not only does he memorize the verses for the section, he memorizes the um, review verses. It's, I mean, he, he's just reciting these verses. And I mean, I, I'm listening to the verses, and I'm being encouraged. And it's really nice to hear, you know, listen to the verses as they recite them. And that's one of the things that the Lord Jesus is asking. This is Jesus' words. And he wants his words to abide in us. We take that initiative. He can't do that for us. We have to put the word of God in our hearts. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. I told some brothers that I had a passage that I was going to speak on and stick with it. But I realize when you go over uh, this kind of material, you really have to jump around to sort of uh, make a point. And so that's the reason why we're going all over the place, I guess. And Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, it says in the first half, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This, again, this is Jesus here speaking. And he's giving us in what most people know as the Lord's Prayer, just something that we can keep in mind. That when we pray, we need to remind ourselves that we need to pray according to his will and not our will. It's so easy to think about our will. You know, I think about this time, um, the right after, day after Thanksgiving is Christmas season, Right? So the Christmas music turns on, people go Christmas shopping and they complete their shopping list on Black Friday. Um, and all this happens and it's funny because my mother and quite a few other people have been reiterating the true meaning of Christmas is not the gifts it's it's not about the decorations and looking good and pleasing people by buying them gifts. We're remembering the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the bottom line. And it's not just on Christmas that we're supposed to remember him. We're, we come Sunday mornings and we remember him. But that's not the only time we're supposed to remember him. We Our goal is to become like him our whole life. And I was talking to a brother today and he was talking about worship. And he said, worship is not getting something coming to tr- to the chapel, to the church, and getting something from the Lord, trying to receive something good, be blessed. That's not what it's about. Worship is giving to the Lord. It's giving our worship because he's worth the worship. He's worthy of it. And when he pointed that out, it's not about our desires. It's not about us. It's all about God. It's all about Jesus Christ. So we need to pray, remind ourselves to be in the will of God. Well, how do we really know God's will? How do we really know God's will? I mean, we pray, we read the Bible, put scripture in our hearts, but sometimes it's it's confusing to try and figure out what it is God's will is exactly. If you will turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in, his, in all his ways. So God gives wisdom generously if we ask. But he, we're supposed to be asking in faith, without doubting. How exactly do we do that? I mean, in, in our daily lives, it's so easy to doubt when we're asking God for things and it's not happening, God, are you there? God, I'm asking. Well, one of the things we can do is when we have that doubt, go back to verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Ask God for, for faith, for more faith, to not doubt. Be honest with him. He knows, he knows our hearts already. He knows what we're going to pray before we pray. He knows our needs. The greatest example of this is our Lord Jesus Christ. If Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. Verse 36 through 44, and this is when Jesus takes his disciples to Gethsemane, and he takes them, and he takes, specifically takes Peter and the sons of Zebedee, and something that he repeats here, I'll just read it, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, verse 37, or 36 and said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. The first thing you'll notice is that the Lord Jesus needed to pray. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, my father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for the eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Now, what is the difference between vain repetition versus continuous and earnest prayer? We see that the Lord here repeats himself three times. No? No? Is that vain repetition? No. The Lord, in his distress, it talks about how grieved, in verse 38, he's deeply grieved here. He knows what is to come. Just like he knows what our our prayers are before we even say it. He knows what is to come. And he prays, and each time, we can can look at this and say, there's nothing wrong with repeating what you say in prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. If the intent in your heart is truly asking the Lord in the right way. Vain repetition, when it talks about in Matthew chapter 6, is not talking about, repeating something over and over again, and anytime time you repeat yourself, that's vain repetition. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the Pharisees and how they repeated themselves over and over again, saying prayers that they did not really mean, just to look good in front of people, and they were hypocrites. I wanted to read a verse in Daniel 9. and Daniel 9, verse 19, and I don't have time to give you the background of this, I just want you to listen to the the earnest prayer of Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, verse 19. It's very exclamatory. He says in verse 19, O Lord, hear! O Lord, forgive! O Lord, listen and take action for your own sake, O my God. Do not delay because your city and your people are called by your name. When, when I read that, you could just feel Daniel's heart when he's praying here. God knows what's going on in our hearts. He knows if you're faking it. He knows if you're not sincere. This example that Daniel here, just you can tell the heart that he's praying. Think about the Lord Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's, he's praying and he's praying with sweat drops of blood. You know he's earnest. You know he's, he's serious and what, whatever is going on, it, he, he's really giving all he's got into it. And if we really care about the things we prayed for, we would exert the effort or I don't know if effort is the right word, but the way in which we see Daniel pray and the way in which Jesus clearly shows so much emotion, so much, and obviously that comes from his love for the world because he's going to be dying on a cross soon. Moving on, how long do we wait for the Lord to answer a prayer? How long do we wait for the Lord to answer a prayer? I would say, as long as it takes, right? As long as it takes. Because God's going to answer the prayer in his timing. So if he's going to do that, and he knows the best, right? He knows what's best. He sees the future and what's going to be ahead. So if that's the case, wait as long as it takes. Wait as long as it takes. Psalm chapter 27. Psalm chapter 27 and verse 14. And this is David, and he says this, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Oftentimes it's, it's hard to take courage when our prayers aren't being answered in the timeline that we have set out for the Lord. It really is. It's hard. But take courage. Wait for the Lord. He has good things in store if you would just wait. An example that you can sort of, in reminding you of this, is um, giving a dinner invitation. Now, I just, there's three dinner invitations, the way in which you can give it. The first one is if you're talking to your friend or someone you want to come over for dinner, you say, you should come over for dinner sometime. And then you leave it at that. That's kind of awkward, right? (laughs) Because you're wondering, do I ask him to come, you know, do I ask him to come over? Like, should we set a date? Or do I even say that? So, That's just awkward, right? And the second way is when you invite someone, can you come to dinner on Saturday at 6 p.m.? And you just take off. Um, That's also, you don't want to hear my answer. And by the way, the person who is saying these things is us. And the third way of asking would be giving the person our full attention our eye contact, and asking them, we would love to host you at our home at 6 p.m. on Saturday. Would, Are you free to come? And you wait for their answer, expectantly, knowing that he's thinking about it, wondering, you know, and when we ask the Lord, when we pray to the Lord, that's how we should be coming to him. Not to say that a, a a quick, quickie prayer is not, I mean, sometimes time doesn't allow for a long prayer or uh, the, waiting, the waiting game that sometimes is so hard for us. But nevertheless, when we pray, that's how we should be praying, that we're waiting, expecting an answer from the Lord when we pray. When our prayers seem to go answered, go unanswered, what is going on? These times are, are, when you think about something like that, it, it's tough. When you, And I'm sure we can think back upon a time when prayers seemed to, to be going unanswered. You know, um, loved ones that are sick, loved ones that are not saved, and we're praying for them. We're trying to live out the gospel, impart the gospel to them, but the Lord is not touching their heart. What's going on? The example that I think about is is Lazarus. When Martha and Mary asked the Lord to come to heal Lazarus because they knew he could do it. But the funny thing is, Jesus waits. He waits a couple days and then he decides, all right, now I'm going to go wake up Lazarus. And The disciples are like, why would you go just to wake somebody up? That's like that, that's a long. Why would you, we travel that far for that? And Jesus does all of this, waits for Lazarus to die so that he could perform this amazing miracle. If he didn't if he didn't wait, it wouldn't have been as amazing because Lazarus wouldn't have been dead. We don't always pray In faith, we don't always pray according to God's will. We oftentimes think that our way is the best. You know, what we know, the little information that we have, we got it. We can make the right decision. No. Wait on the Lord. Why do we pray in the name of Jesus? This is just, and if you can tell, I just wanted to go through. somewhat of the start of a prayer to the end of a prayer and this is like we're reaching towards the amen of the prayer why do we pray in the name of jesus this tagline that most people just sort of i want to say not always really mean this in jesus name why do we add that is that biblical saying jesus name is some sort of code word where we get 2,000 bonus points for praying? Is it some magical power that is released at the time of our saying, in Jesus' name? No. Praying in Jesus' name is praying in the authority that comes through Christ. You know, we, he's our mediator. He's our high priest. And so in, in thinking about such things... We have to understand that when we pray in the name of Jesus, whether we start at it in the beginning of the prayer, in the middle of the prayer, or at the end of the prayer, the bottom line is we're praying through the power that we know Christ showed us through the the cross. And the, the biggest evidence that we can trust God is Christ. Christ and his act on a cross. We can trust him looking at that. So prayer increases our faith and trust in God. Praying according to God's will is what we are after. Praying continuously and earnestly with the right heart causes God, or with the right heart, God sees everything that's on the inside. And so we can't fake it. We can pretend like we're praying continuously and earnestly, but God knows. God knows the innermost parts of our heart. And so, brothers and sisters, praying consciously, deliberately, in Jesus' name, is what he desires. When I, was, when I was about three or four years, I actually don't remember what, at what age this was. Um, but I'm sure parents, you, many of you taught your children uh, uh, kind of a, a model prayer that you can follow because they're young. And so they don't know exactly how to pray. So you teach them this, this short, concise prayer that you can pray to God, maybe for meals. And that's what happened with me. And so when I was about four or five years old, from my recollection, uh, I would pray uh, a prayer over meals in Korean. And so I guess I'm going to be speaking in tongues, and I'll translate for myself. (laughs) Um, And so the prayer goes in Korean like this. 하나님, 좋은 음식을 주셔서 감사합니다. And that means, God, thank you for this food. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. There you go. I I interpreted tongues. <laughs> the problem with that, that is that that didn't develop me into a person, and I'm not blaming this on my parents at all, is that I started... You know, at meals, I would say that same prayer every time I would sit down to eat. And it became a habit to the point where I wasn't even thinking about what I was saying. I was just sitting down, and then I'd start eating and get to the food, right? Not even thinking about what I was saying. And God knew. God knew my heart. God knew what was going on. As much as, I mean, some people like to, um, growing up, Maybe they're a little more ashamed of praying in public. I wanted people to know, so then I would bow bow my head and pray that that prayer without even thinking about it. I would eat my food. And that's not, God doesn't want that. God wants us to be purposeful in our prayer. He wants us to be conscious in our prayer. Not like me saying the same words over and over again for a meal. So I challenge you all to pray purposefully and with intent on talking to the God of the universe and the word of God continuously trying. You know, some of us have a a harder time of memorizing the word of God than others, but nonetheless, we we still got to try, right? And putting the word of God in our hearts and minds and that leading us to knowing what God's will is in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that prayer, as I am praying right now, is something that is just a wonderful thing where we can communicate with you. And we know that you speak to us through your word. Your word is powerful and sharper than a double-edged sword. And we've experienced that. We've experienced the gospel, and we're so thankful for that. And we're thankful that we have prayer, something that we can talk to you, something that prayer being just, you hear us. Whether we're verbalizing our prayer or internalizing our prayer, you hear all of it. And we ask that we would be a body of Christ, a people, that pray, knowing what we're saying, praying to the God of the universe, the God of the universe who sent his only begotten son to die in a cursed tree. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.